0: It's Thanksgiving. But there are some games we're really not thankful for. Welcome to Tabletop Shop. perusers of the internet and welcome back to the tabletop shop podcast i am one of your co-hosts nate clark and seated across the table from me this episode is your other co-host mr cody pennington i'm just surprised that you got that right this time not 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 just the introducing me but that you're so sitting across the table and exactly here's yeah. the thing what i used to do i always sat across the city and then the one episode we recorded together i still sat across the city to keep up the illusion that we were not In the same room, which Mm -hmm. I don't know why that was a necessary thing to do. I felt like it was. And then you totally exposed me. Yeah, I just messed it up. Yeah. We've like moved from being across the city to across the room to now across the table. Literally across the table. This is our first time having eye contact while we do a podcast. It's kind of weird. I'm a little bit (laughs) uncomfortable. You're doing too much eye contact. Okay. What am I supposed to look at? Yeah, I'm (laughs) going to look look at at the the computer. The copy of Catan over there. That's the terrible printing of Catan. Okay. This is a podcast about board games, as you might have figured out by the fact that we just mentioned Catan. Uh, it will probably be the. Catan. L- Ooh, it might not be the last time Catan's mentioned in this podcast. Really? But we'll find oh, out. Oh, those are some bold statements you make in there. We'll find out. But not find... to the audience. They oh, don't know why. Okay. They don't know why. All right. So, yeah, you don't even know what's coming, guys. They do not know what's coming. So, so You're in for a treat this Thanksgiving season day. Actually, this week. is the day before Thanksgiving. Wow. That I mean, it's crazy. actually not. But you, for you <laughs> listening on the day it's released, congratulations! It's almost Thanksgiving. Yeah, you'd be smelling that turkey already. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, what? Okay. We... Well, let me stop you there. Is that is that a standard item you really smell on Thanksgiving? Turkey. It's turkey. Turkey? I feel like uh, you, you're gonna be smelling stuffing. Yeah, it's stuffing. Maybe some Gravy. taters. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to set the record straight. Okay, and probably also the turkey though. <laughs> <laughs> well anyway, moving on. Moving on. Uh, we're gonna do a lot of talk about board games. And we're gonna start by going over maybe what we played this week, Cody. Indeed. Why are you saying maybe you're implying that I didn't play any games That's exactly what I'm implying. Nate, <laughs> we literally played a game after we recorded our last episode. So I was already in the runnings so for having played games. We did in time for the Yeah, you know, we played Scythe digitally.
1: Uh-huh. Right after finished. I ha. didn't add
0: that to my list. So now you now you have another one. You're welcome. I do. So who who we start? Should I start? Yeah, you already did. Okay, well, that's great. Nate, I played Scythe this week, and I won. (laughs) You did win. You you schooled me pretty good, actually. just want to set the record straight. I don't remember what the score was. What were our factions? I had Crimea, and you had... Rusviat. Rusviat. Yeah. Uh, A stellar matchup. It's it's a good combo. It is. Yeah.
1: Anyway. (laughs) Listen, if
0: you're listening to this podcast, you probably either know what Scythe is, or you've played it multiple times. Yeah. There's not very many people who haven't at this point that Nothing are seeking out say. board game podcasts. There's not very many people. I feel like I could be wrong. But I could get roasted for, for those this. of you who haven't played it, or oh my, for those of you who haven't heard. Oof. Scyther's Scythe is a great game. Yeah, that's all we got legendary. to say. Basically, what kind of started off my my collections. Of both of ours, games. really i mean you really bought it but it's the one that ah, inspired right. both of us sure we yeah. played games before that point but that was when i really started getting into games and collecting with scythe but enough about that i also played and you also played arc nova that was before for the first time ah yeah are you sure yep we talked sure? about it ad nauseum last podcast we did but you played it again why did i you played it again you and Kirsten played. I haven't marked as I played twice now since then, but yeah, I guess it was just once. It's a bold face. Yeah. Lie. Well, I played Arc Nova. Yeah. Since our last podcast. was it better than the first experience? It was probably because um I had a bigger score than one. <laughs> I thought you were zero last time. Actually, no, I was one. You were one. Okay. Which, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Arc Nova, it's got a weird scoring system, and I don't know. Only played, only having played a couple of games. My guess is that in the long run, if you have multiple players. Somebody's going to have positive points, somebody's going to be barely positive, and somebody's going to have negative points. So that's just to set the record straight for the kind of scores you can expect from Ark Nobody. Unless it's a very tight game the whole way through. Yes. Then you'll probably all be positive. Which is what happened last game. Because uh, your winning score, the first time we played, was 18, if I recall. Maybe. It was like 18 to 1 to negative something. And then when Kirsten and I played last time for just a two-player game, she won with 42 and I had thirty four, hmm. I think. Yeah, that's a much closer matchup. The weird thing about Arc Nova is, I feel like while you're playing the game, the first half of the game, maybe in the first three quarters, you're not really thinking about moving up too much on the tracks. You're yeah. just thinking about building a good yeah. You got to get your you ecosystem. You base will. established, yeah. And then the kind of the last quarter of the game, you're like, okay, I got to get that appeal, and yeah. I got to get the conservation points. You know, and hopefully the engine I laid yeah. down is going to pay off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great game. Great game. fantastic game maybe you can talk more about it i don't know and finally i played wingspan of course what else i mean new? i i feel kind of bad mentioning it because it's so easy to pull out and play digitally i'm probably going to have it every almost time. like it doesn't even count I know. <laughs> so maybe we should just have a little stamp of approval wingspan is in here it's just a shoe whatever cody first yeah yeah, yeah. Checks out. That's what I got. What have you played, man? Oh, kind of the usual. Uh, So Scythe, like you mentioned, lost in that. Technically, it was digital. Not that that matters. Played Mm. Terraforming Mars twice and lost both times. That's a good feeling. Yeah. I think I lost to my dad once and lost to my brother once. Which which was worse? Which do you feel worse about? Oh, always losing my dad. So my Reagan (laughs) is a natural at this game. Like, It's one of these games where he just kind of automatically wins at least 75% of the games he plays of it. My dad, okay, this is a funny story. My dad is so infamously bad at this game that the three of us were playing it a lot, like a lot. And my dad was literally never won. He had not won once. And Reagan and I made a bet, and we were like, okay, the first game that Dad wins, where we're all three of us are playing, whoever gets last <laughs> place in that game has to buy dinner. For the, oh, for the other two people. Oh, no. So it was a bet between Reagan and I. Like, yeah. whenever Dad finally wins this game, whoever loses between us has to buy dinner for Dad I and feel, the other I person. I feel bad for your dad that that bet had to exist. <laughs> it's embarrassing, That's kind <laughs> of sad. Uh, of course, it ended up being Reagan that actually got last when my dad won. So that was oh, pretty good. legendary. So you're, you're in the clear then? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he already paid for We already got nice uh, seafood dinner and everything for we, Reagan. Well, what'd you get? What'd you get exactly? It was McGrath's Fish House. I got Dang. clam chowder. And, oh, yeah. Was this agreed upon beforehand that it was going to be yes, somewhere actually. nice? Yes, actually. Really? <laughs> Yeah. so it was that <laughs> no norm. pulling wing stopping me <laughs> <Right. laughs> make Mickey, these Mickey all right play dune imperium again i feel okay. like i play that a lot these days yeah. a great game of dune imperium three player mm. game uh my dad and i tied for 12 points which is Whoa. two above the benchmark uh and i won on a three to two spice tie Wow, spice is the that's breaker. so tight. It was, and the reason I won is because I had a Spice Must Flow in my hand that I revealed on my last turn, and it just gave me a Spice. Uh. And that was what sent me. Oh, do you, the you not get the point until you play it? No, you, you get the point when you buy it. Oh. Okay. But it also, the only thing that card does is give you a Spice on a reveal turn. You can't use any agents. It doesn't give oh, you any I other see. bonuses. So it, g- it gave you the tiebreaker. And it gave I me the you. tiebreaker Spice on my last turn. Sweet. Yeah. yeah, great game. How many points did the third person get? Just Reagan, uh, like seven. I don't know. Okay, Some I'm just curious. If you, I want to see you do an Imperium game with more than two people, where everyone's ten points or higher. That, that would, would be, be legendary. insane. That would be insane. Oh, okay. But you know what's actually cool about this game, also? So you have the four faction tracks that you're trying to move up. Yeah. I was all the way up on one of them, and on the other three tracks, I had zero influence on two of them and one influence on the other one. Wow. And I still won the game with twelve points. Interesting. So you're Isn't definitely prioritizing in other places then. Okay. One thing that helped me is I bought this tech tile that uh because this is with the rise of x expansion i bought a tactile yeah. that gives you a point at the end of the game for every influence track where you are one or lower on that track i remember so that it one. gave me three yeah. points at the end of the game so in the, it's basically worth it at that point yes because you save all those steps of trying yes. to advance but the weird the thing is the spots over there are also really good and so if you haven't moved up on those tracks it means you haven't been going on those spots either hmm but I was using True. the Rise of Ix expansion a lot more in that game than the yeah. base stuff. And yeah, worked out pretty well. Okay, panned out. Lastly, Respect to expansions that let you win in different ways. Yeah, it's an expansion where you can still win focusing on the core mechanics. And obviously, you can still win utilizing the expansion. Yeah. And we all use that shipping track. and involves a lot, all three of us. So, I like to see that. Oh, that's right. And lastly, I actually played Elysium. A two-player game of Elysium using the starting deck. Nice. Uh, it's a card okay. drafting game. Um, kind of uh, like maybe a minor engine building game uh, because anything that's in your domain before you put it in your Elysium is kind of engine building stuff. Uh, But then it's set collection too, I would say. That's how you really score points. Sweet. Um, And it was okay. I want to mix in the more complicated factions. I haven't played with like Ares and uh, Minot Poseidon. Ares and like, I don't know, a couple of the other ones. I haven't played with any of those. So let me know how they are. So you've only played with the starter five? Just the base ones. I mean, I've only played like two games of it right okay but i was teaching the game to somebody so i just and i hadn't played in like i don't know a while so i we just played with the base five again but i want to play again and uh nice yeah mix some different cards in. so that is it for me uh four games and five plays interesting well i think i'm hitting you up with three games and five plays Hmm. or is it (laughs) well that this is getting boring quickly all right We should move on and talk about a game of the week. A game of the week. What is our game of the week? (laughs) This is the transition music (laughs) part. Cody, what is our game of the week? Oh, it's such a beautiful game. Such a wonderful game. I don't know why I'm approaching it with this kind of voice. I feel like yeah, it just... You're giving me some it, weird it, eyes right now. It, it needed some some sort of extra respect. Quacks of Quedlinburg. Quacks of Quedlinburg. Or did you also... if you're Rodney Smith, Quacks of Quedlinburg. <laughs> wow, that's just, a, again, just like completely calling somebody out. No shame. All right, Cody. He deserves it. Did you also think this was a game about ducks until you bought it? You know, I don't think I did. <laughs> it, it's kind of sad that I had to think so hard about that, but I, I've, I heard a lot more of the title of this game before I ever heard anything actually about this and game. And you never thought it was about ducks? For some reason, no. Um how you know, maybe maybe in the history of it, but The thing is, okay, the word quack as a slang term for like a f- crazy doctor or whatever sure. is not common anymore either. Well that's the thing. I didn't really interpret it that way and I kind of forgot about the term of a quack so doctor. What did you think the game for was for some about? reason in my head, uh quacks just seemed to me like I don't know, hillbillies crazy. or rednecks or just some some some, some silly boys. <laughs> no, that's that's the next yeah. expansion, <laughs> <laughs> or or maybe slightly insane. You know, that to me that's okay. a, that that okay. was a quack. I know that's kind of wrong, but well, the, it's, that's what it's I thought not one hundred percent wrong. Sort of wrong. It's it's still the crazy part makes sense. Yeah, f- to be a quack, like it, it seems to make sense yeah, intuitively yeah, yeah. that to be a quack is to be a little like odd. That's crazy. just what it is. Yeah, but specifically, doctors. But then the game is not really it's like witch doctors, I guess then. It's all Well, like, you, you are a quack doctor, is, is what that, you are. You're, okay. you're brewing up uh, potions and stuff to give to the people. And one of the expansions actually is all about completing contracts to help specific ailments. But I didn't get that one. But there is one that has witches. Which yes, is the one you do have. The herb witches. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're sourcing ingredients from witches. I guess so. Or, and doing them favors, maybe, because they have like a little side. Bonuses, for, for which z- is actually it's a great expansion like we don't need to talk about it is an excellent yet, expansion until we maybe cover what the game actually we probably should is do and that. how it works you, it's a good expansion though you want to describe the yeah so it's, of it's primarily a, a bag building game uh it's a push your luck bag building game where you are you have this pot and you draw these tiles out of your pot with different numbers and colors mm-hmm. and you're just placing them in your pot based on whatever number you draw um and you are trying to see how far you can get around your pot because the further you get the more points you'll get and the more spending power you'll get. Uh, but of course, it can go wrong because it's a push your luck game. Mm-hmm. So there's these white tiles you can draw that if you draw a, a total of more than seven, like face value, not seven tokens, but yep. face value of seven or more of more than seven, your pot explodes and you get a serious, uh, you either get points or spending power. Yeah. Uh, which is it's just a serious, uh, whatever you want to say thing that slows you down consequence yeah i mean consequence yeah yeah, sure pain it it is a serious consequence because you're getting half of what you should be getting basically which really sucks um so you play this over a series of like 12 rounds or something like that um maybe i was gonna say nine yeah something like that it's an odd number yeah and so in between every round you're buying more tokens and this might sound super boring right now but there's like six or seven different tokens you can buy that all have different powers. Yes, and which is different. Yes, by the game. Yeah, so the base game comes with at least four different powers for each color. Four, four sets. Yeah, four yeah. sets. Right. Um. And so, what the red tokens and the orange tokens and the yellow tokens do will be different. Uh, pretty much every game. Mm-hmm. Uh. And they all do uh, pretty crazy things. That uh, they affect each other, and they uh, n- minimize consequences, and they give you bonuses, and. Uh, play off each other well sometimes sure Uh, and so there's this fun in between rounds you use your buying power to buy a couple tokens then everything goes back in your bag and you all draw again Mm -hmm. there's a lot of simultaneous uh, actions in this game which is pretty cool because even though you're playing nine rounds it goes pretty fast because for the most part you're just yeah it's like a 45 minute game tops yeah yeah and with two which is 30 minutes which is awesome yeah yeah Uh, and (laughs) just died (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's not a serious game though, right? Like, it's not a game that you play super competitively. Uh, I mean, it can be frustrating sometimes. Well, yeah, you have a great bag, and then the first four tiles you pull out are all whites, and you're like, "Well, that's what I'm saying." You can't take it too seriously. What it's like you, what we were talking about what last. It's like what we were talking about last week or a couple weeks ago uh, about the Lord of the Rings card game. Sure, it's like you do your best, you want to win, but ultimately your fate is not entirely in your hands, you know? Like Yeah, it, it's a lot more in your hand. than Lord of the Rings deck builder was. Oh, for sure. Because you can... It, it's all... Uh, Lord of the Rings deck builder is just, oh, look, I flipped over an ambush from the top deck, and now I can't take a turn this turn. Yeah, you Whereas, can get super unlucky. Yeah, sure. Quacks, I think, is more of a bettering your odds kind of game. Because for one, the more tiles you get, the more odds you have of drawing good tiles instead of the bad ones. And then if you can even tweak the types of tiles you get those themselves can increase your odds yeah. to play up other ones so yes it's still for sure is push your luck and there's and definitely still the strategy though yes and the, and the things which that i think buy. is what makes it so appealing yeah it's a it's a very light strategy game yeah it's and a luck game that you feel like you have control over but the, the, it has that tense aspect of being a luck game mm-hmm. which some people like i'm sure some people don't i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are like i want to minimize the amount of luck that's in my games as much as possible they mm-hmm. only want to play deterministic games basically sure. where you have control over everything and it's all about player interaction and strategy mm-hmm. and but you know most people i feel like most board gamers don't always, even if that's their favorite kind of game uh, which i feel like you and i would probably kind of fall into that Very category closer, yeah. like the less luck the better you don't always want to play a super intense two hour like you know heavily strategic game it's like sometimes you just want to kick back play a fun lighthearted, you know game of just drawing tiles uh sure making some cool decisions and seeing how far you can do yeah how, how good you can do so I think there's it has its appeal for most board gamers who don't always want to be intensely board gaming you know yeah I mean, I, mean I, I would say the people who really want to minimize luck as much as possible push your luck game is really not the kind of game for you but for most right. but you know for by, most by definition else. it really isn't right <laughs> But yeah. that's what I'm saying is I feel like both of us are that way. Like, generally, it's like, you know, I respect games sure, like Scythe and so. Kemet, you know, for having combat systems that aren't luck based. Mm-hmm. And there's not not really the only luck is there's some minor card drawing and everything else is all strategy mm-hmm. and you're kind of in control and you, other people are in control, right? Generally, that's what I want out of a game. Yeah. I don't want to be at the mercy of the game all the time because then it's like, Am I playing the game or is the game playing Mm -hmm. me, really? You know, and deciding who wins. Sure. The thing is, for Quacks, I know it's a push-your-luck game, but I don't really approach it uh, feeling that way. Because what, what excites me about the game is like, ooh, what sort of combination of tiles can I try to build in my bag this game? It's almost more of a puzzle you're trying to solve. As opposed to I'm just putting myself at the mercy of this interesting well, game. I don't know if I would say puzzle. Because a puzzle means that there is like a, a solution. You know, like a maze. A puzzle, it's like there can be a solution. But mazes it's... can have multiple solutions. But the thing is, you, you'll never like... <laughs> It's never like you get the perfect combo and you break the game or something like that's impossible. Ultimately, you are going to draw enough white tiles. So it always oh, comes for down sure, to like, for sure. when do you when do you cut off and when do you push your luck? Yeah. right. Well, well, for me, the puzzle is, okay, I have these red tiles that seem to play off well of these blue tiles, but I need to get at least one green tile in here to make those work. So you're kind of solving the, well, See, the, the recipe as a weird were. thing is, yeah. I guess I do kind of approach the game that way, but not too much because it's like, I still like to approach the game as like, I'm at mm. the mercy of the bag. And it's like, if I feel like if I try to be too strategic about combos and stuff, hmm. it's like, yeah, but what are the odds I'm really going to draw the pieces that I need? And sure. even in the right order, sometimes you need them. And it's like, I feel like I stay away. I feel like generally the pieces I buy, I stay away from pieces that um, have a linear uh, uh, reward system where it's like, hmm. if you do this and the next thing you draw is this, you get this. Or if you draw this tile... If the one before it was this, you get this. And sure. it's like, I don't want that. I want tiles that have a power that's consolidated within themselves mostly. So I'm not dependent hmm. on what I draw next or what I drew before. Because it's drawing, it's locked. And so I try and stay sure. away from those tiles, generally. Yeah, I got I feel like I got really deep. And so Nate, do you have commitment issues? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't I don't like to reduce my life to just drawing things out of a bag. So I feel like I don't. I feel like I don't. I mean, sometimes life is like that, man like a bag of yeah. potions and witches from Earth. And you just pull them out. I like the idea that this is just these crazy doctors that are trying to help people out, I guess, or maybe trying to rip people off. But for and some there's reason, just like, things are always exploding. Like, well, It's like, <laughs> thematically you can't decide what ingredients you're going to put in your recipe, you just no. It's not that you can't in, in decide. In advance, you buy a bunch of ingredients and then you just okay, start yeah, dumping yeah. them in. It's that's basically what it is. It's <laughs> like I'm just going to buy all these ingredients and then blindly and throw things in until happens. I feel like stopping or until yeah. it blows up. But then Literally. apparently, you're reusing those ingredients over and over again. <laughs> yeah, right. You just <laughs> Tell keep getting new ones. You repurpose them. We're probably not doing the game justice by making fun of its thematics. Well, it's I think, but I think we're both maybe conveying that we like the game. Oh, for sure. And we both do like it a lot. Um, I don't really know if we need to spend any time talking about drawbacks. I feel like there really aren't any negative aspects necessarily. It's just that it is a there's a heavy luck aspect. And so a game mm-hmm. like this would never rise super high on my like top 100 games of all time or whatever, because hmm. a, a, a heavy luck game is never going to be a favorite game of mine. Here, now, as a light thing game for me, here's the thing. If I was going to do like my top five light strategy games, mm-hmm. I feel like this would definitely be on that list. Where, where is this on your top hundo? Uh, it's you kn- you know somewhere the in the 30s. Okay. You want to guess where it is on my list? 17. 13. Thir- okay. So I, uh, this is pretty okay. high on my list. Well, and I guess if you, you're you ranking your list majority on what you have fun doing, right? For sure. And so if this one hits that high, then it hits that high. It do. I'm, I'm, I'm checking. I think I actually might even be in the 20s. Ooh, the 20s. That would be Historic. Quacks of Quedenberg, thirty-one. Okay, hey, yeah. good memory. Where it, it's at in your list? Yeah, that's pretty good memory. Pretty good. So, but hey, I, 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 I feel like the game is definitely worth checking out. It's honestly, unless you're a really heavy gamer, I feel like this is the first time I've said this on the podcast mm. for a game that we've like specifically talked about. This is one that I would say go out a limb, go out on a limb and just buy it, unless you really are a heavy gamer mm-hmm. into war games or into highly deterministic games, high strategy games, and that's all you like you're probably going to like this game. I think so. To some point or another. And it's easily accessible. If you have other family members who or friends who don't really play games and you want them to, this is like the easiest thing to whip out and play with people and kind of sure. get them into the hobby a little bit. Yeah, it, it might take a little bit to to play well since you are going to have to sure. memorize all the ingredients. But then you have to sh- like kind of stress the fact that it's not a super in- important game. Yeah. It's not like you're like, oh, I have to win this game, you know? It's like, hey we're just chilling. We're just playing. It's like, you know, don't worry about it, you know? Just buy whatever and see what happens. That's pretty much how I play. <laughs> Just get some so, more crow's beaks. That's the other thing I wanted to say before we move on is that I feel like this game. At least from the games that we've played of it, it's like anybody could win. It's it's not like I don't feel like that. That's why I feel like mm. the luck aspect is pretty high is because it's like going into this game between you, me and Kirsten. It's like. Any given game, I feel like anybody could win. Sure. And usually about three quarters into the game, you know who's going to win. They just start to pull ahead and, you know, it's hard to catch up. But the game does have a good balancing system with that. The whole rat tail It does, section, actually, yeah. Where it's if someone's very... doing well early on, then it's going to help balance the game for you and give you some advances yeah, in your Yeah, basically, if you're behind, the people that are behind the person in first place get little bonuses to their pot for every round Mm -hmm. until as long as they're behind. And once they're not behind anymore, then you don't get those bonuses. Sure, It is actually, I like games that have that, that have a, a catch up mechanism in them. More games need that. And it's not, but not an overpowered one. It's a very small thing. That's just going to get you a little boost, uh, but it could be occasionally a big thing. Mm -hmm. Like it could occasionally have a big impact. Most of the time, it's just a little boost to kind of help you out a little bit. If that increases the amount of income you get for the round up by just enough to where you can get the perfect tile to throw in and the question that can make is a difference. for catch-up mechanisms would you prefer things that help the people behind or hurt the person in front um, i'd rather help the people that are behind because say i am doing the best um i really want to feel like i'm earning what i'm doing and i don't want to be punished for doing well yeah you know, I, I want to keep building upon what I'm also it makes the game more fun instead of one person being hurt other people are being helped exactly uh, and so uh, the game in general probably just has a nicer atmosphere than one person being mm-hmm. kind of angry. Yeah. And I, I won't say that I'm, I'm solid on that. I feel like it depends on, depend on the game, depends on the system. Because are- a lot of games are turn order. Like whoever's the farthest ahead and sure. points is going to go last. And that that's fine. That's usually works pretty it's, well. It's not really hurting the first person necessarily. It's just helping yeah. people behind them. Yep. Yep. That's how Kemet is. Turn order. Person who's losing gets to yeah. pick turn order. Yep. Yeah, yeah which pretty that's cool. right. Pretty cool. Respect. All right. Well, we have kind of a unique board banter this week. <laughs> it is another list, Should another top three. Uh, but our list this week is our top three, as we alluded to at the beginning, our top three greatest, I don't know, what would you say? Greatest game purchase regrets? Is, uh, is that where we're going? Well, but we we need to make this Thanksgiving themed. So I'm going with the top three game purchases we thankful we're least thankful we're least for. Thankful for. Alright, so how how should we start this off? We're gonna we're gonna start with your top you know your, your number three. Yeah, I can go first. Who, okay. Actually. Oh okay. actually before before we get into this, mm. do you think okay, so before we get into what I wanna say about yeah. this, we're yeah. we're really backtracking here. Okay. How many do you know how many games that you and I personally have uh, in our collection crossover? How many games we both own a copy of? How many crossover games? Yeah. And or we can go to historical too like games I may have. Owned, no, 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 right now currently, how right many games now. do we each own? Of the same, and you can just take a, a wild guess instead um, of trying to think about it too much. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. Oh, man, it can't be that many. I'm gonna say four. I believe it's three. Oh, I believe all right. well, we each. I did this like a week ago. I think we each own Underwater Cities, yep. Castles of Burgundy, uh-huh. and Furnace. That's all. I believe that's all. Uh, so my okay. question to you okay. now okay. is: Do you how do you think there is any crossover on this list? And there are other games we've both owned in the past, do you think there's any crossover on this list of our regrets, of purchase regrets? I was thinking there'd be at least one. At least? You think there might be more than one? At least one. I think there's max one. When I first approached this, I think I forgot that the idea had to be games we ourselves purchased. And so I was just thinking of game regrets. And so... In that line, I was thinking maybe there'd be a bit more crossover. I forgot that these are uniquely games that we've individually. Well, what, purchased. what do you mean? Like, what else would be? I, I don't know, man. I don't know what my brain was thinking. It was you mean, all like listing games that I own? Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, <laughs> just games. More games that were letdowns in general, uh, without the filter of we've individually right, purchased okay. them. Okay. But that's not what your list is based. No, on, no, no. Okay. I I did it correctly, even though I was confused. Yeah, okay. I feel like even trades could fall into that category. Like, if there was a game one of us traded the other person for, and we were like, oh, I regret I this. I suppose so. We, yeah. If it was a trade, there was an exchange of goods. none of mine are. So. Okay, well, why did you bring that <laughs> up? <They're> just, maybe are <laughs> wasting our shirt. time here. Okay, um, my number three. What's your number three? My number three is a game we were both kind of disappointed by. I, all right. Which is not that, probably that a surprise. That was my crossover guess. Go ahead. Battle or Second Edition. That was not my crossover <laughs> guess. <laughs> uh, Battle or Second Edition. I was super hyped up about this game. I watched a <laughs> lot. I mean, Dice Tower was highly uh endearing of this game uh both sam healy and uh tom vassel were yeah, that guy <laughs> spoke, yeah whatever this is some some other guy at the company uh spoke very highly of this game and that's i feel like i base a lot of my decisions on games that i am willing to to try or sure. buy off of their opinions yeah. him and z and all those guys um I like to hear their opinions. They're very, very well informed. If you guys aren't familiar with the Dice Tower, which you probably are, if you're not, check them out on YouTube. Lots of great stuff. Um, kind of the the pioneers in the board game media industry. But the CNN of the board game. I'm going to Except discredit them. <laughs> I'm going to discredit them a little bit because I was highly let down by <laughs> Battle Lore. Or maybe I expected Battle Lore 2nd Edition to be something more than it was. And what it really came down to was a somewhat tactical yeah. dice-based combat game. Heavily... Dice space. I am not thinking of specifically a Battle Lore, but that that can easily happen in games where you think it's gonna be a thing or you've you've heard the basic description of how it functions and, even and if then you've you play watched it how it like, played. Um, um, yeah. Even if you have watched how it played, it's hard to actually understand. Like Battle or Second Edition, I watched uh, short segments of the game being played sure. and or the, it being explained how it's played, and it still didn't quite convey mm-hmm. this like there's a lot of luck in this game we There's could a lot easily of do a top 10 to top 15 game disappointments not necessarily so that we purchased yeah. but we thought it was going to be fun and then we played no yeah we, it was definitely, just a we definitely could there will yeah. be a board manager that's that I'm but, sure for at some point in the future yeah, <laughs> yeah and it could be a lengthy one for sure yeah. but this one definitely definitely fell into this category easily it's based on memoir 44 which people like a lot has the same combat system mm. I've actually played memoir 44 now uh, before I played battle lore or after I played battle lore and it suffers from the same thing it's like, you could just get really bad rolls. I feel like it's worse in Battle Lore 2nd Edition, even than it is in Memoir. The rolling is, but it's rough in both games. And so they're not, see, they seem like, especially Memoir, it's like, oh, it's a war game. It's like, yeah. no, it's not. It's a dice rolling game. It's super Ameritrash. Like, yeah. And so, so is Battle Lore. The one game of it I played, I won. And I still walked away like, this is a stupid yeah, right? game. Yeah, like, You didn't feel like you earned it probably. <laughs> no. It's like, yeah. So. Just rolled some, some stuff. But there are some tactics. I'm not trying to completely trash the game. If you like dice based combat and you like fantasy medieval war, like, yeah, give it a shot, I guess, you know? But it's not super, like, there's a lot of stuff out of your mm. control. So I respect that. That's my number Even pick. though I don't respect the game. <laughs> yeah, right. I that's respect why, your that's opinion. That's why on the you game. respect the pick. Exactly. All right. Okay. Uh, hitting up number three for me is the crew quest for planet nine. Really? Now this is in the top hundred on board game. Geek. So is the other one is what is it like 40 deep blue something? something other. Deep blue. The other one, both of the, both the of the crew deep, games are in the top. 100. Deep, deep blue, whatever nonsense is DC, a little bit lower. Deep blue diving boys. Uh, but this, this had some hype behind it, man. Like I, I heard a lot of people talking about Heavy this, hype. especially I think it was the, for the year of 2021, so probably released in 2022, like the Dice Tower Top 100. I feel like most of the guys had it pretty high on their list. Yeah. They're like, the cruise Question. is it's like it's great. And Tom Vassel especially loves this. Um I was like, okay, okay, this is interesting. And it's so cheap. Look how small it is. It's like $15. I played it and this is just this is just a, a like deck of cards. That's all it is. It's a deck of cards. It's a unique it's a approach. Game. You have to say it's a unique approach to a trick taking game. Cooperative, yeah way the concept was way oversold and way overhyped and way detached from the thematics it's like oh okay, yeah there's no, i'm in there's space no thematic time and i whatsoever. can't i can't communicate yeah because that's definitely not an essential for space travel is communication okay. so we're just gonna we're gonna i was not a fan of this game <laughs> i didn't buy it but i played it uh with you go, okay you guys uh-huh. a few, we played a few missions yeah and mm-hmm. i'm sure they get maybe more fun as you go along but it's like the hook is not there. It just for wasn't me. there. For, generally, I don't like cooperative games, anyways. And then a themeless mm-hmm. cooperative trick-taking game mm-hmm. that's just a deck of cards that it's just rethemed. There's just it's nothing like one there through ten, me. and they're colored differently, and. I've, so this is I've, your number I'd, three, man. I'd, this is my number three. I'd wow. much rather go and play Pinole. Have this, you played Pinochle? Yeah, yeah, that's a, a good bit. game. Yeah, but anyway, sorry, you're getting excited about something. Wow, well, you're gonna have a heavy hitting list if that's already your number three. I have that's a, a heavy bad hitting li- <laughs> I have been hurt, Nate. I have been hurt in the board game world, and I'm ready to tell you about it. My number two. It's not really similar to that. but It's a similar type of game. It's a it's a two player trick taking game called Claim claim. I've even heard of was super interested in this game. So uh, my fiancé and I both like trick-taking games. We've played a few different ones. We're okay. both big fans of them. And I was like, whoa, a two-player trick-taking game. That's unique, you know? Because generally, trick-taking games, it's like everybody's putting in a card, and then mm-hmm. a person who has the best card, based on whatever kind of guidelines, wins the pool. Yeah. It's like, well, this is a two-player game. Like, how is that going to work? Uh, but I watched reviews on it. It seemed like a pretty novel concept. Uh, and I bought the game, and uh, we played it a couple times, and it was like, "What? This is." It was just so boring, like mind-numbingly boring. So, what what sucks about it? Like, how's it function? Well, okay, the way it functions. I haven't played it in a while now, so I got. I might not get everything right here, but basically, you each have like half the deck, and you have cards with special powers. Like, okay. there's different races. There's like four or five different races, and they all do different. They have different rules about races you know. being suits, basically. Yeah, but they're it's themed like as different actual races. Okay. Um, and they all have different rules, like the ways that they win the trick or they do certain things for you. And it's a unique concept where you each play. So every single round, you just play a card. Whoever wins gets it. And then, ah, oh geez, I, I don't remember well enough. There's some unique concept about, there's like a first this half sounds of the like game. an incredible game. <laughs> bad i I'm was like, so excited. I forgot. There's like a first <laughs> half of the game and a second half of the game. Okay. And something happens in the first half <laughs> I, even, I can't even you know what if you're interested in a two-player there's trick a taking first game, half and there's a second half <laughs> just go different look it things up. happen in each half. If, you, if you think you might be interested in it just go look it up but i will say i feel like i should have bought fox in the forest instead which is also a two-player that's trick a game taking that's game. never interested me i always see like oh that looks pretty oh it's cards it's a trick-taking game it's a two-player trick-taking game and it's it's rated much high much much higher than claim is. and i i was actually balancing both of those like which one do i buy i went for claim Mm. because it felt like the more unique concept of the two which i have completely forgotten and i feel like it was the wrong choice for sure yeah not a fan fox of the 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 forest is ranked higher i would assume much higher okay Cool, that sounds like a terrible experience. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very disappointing experience. Yeah. So far, trick-taking games are not hitting well on our list, it seems My like. last one is not, so... Okay, sweet. Um, number two for me, and it hurts to say this, Firefly Shiny Dice. Oh, that doesn't... I mean... Okay, go ahead. Go it, ahead. it hurts because respect to Firefly. Yes, nothing but respect. I, I guess I should clarify for my list. Um, I wasn't necessarily ranking this list based on how bad the game was it was more how excited i was and then how much i was let down how much did you regret exactly yeah Yeah. i'm least thankful for it (laughs) so firefly shiny dice here's the here's the sad thing that it's number two on my list i played this game with some friends and then I bought it. Okay, well, I did and not And then I started to... That's so pretty sad. It's on me. That's 100% Okay, I will you. say they had taught us to play it wrong. I don't remember exactly, but like I was going through the rule book after and there were like one or two rules. Well, maybe they taught you a better way to play it. They than... probably <laughs> did. That, that's probably why I enjoyed it more. But no, why I got so excited about it is because I looked it up on Amazon. I'm like, this is $10. Uh-huh. It's a Firefly themed game. It's $10. I have to buy And I bought it like that day, that evening while wow. I was still playing games wow. with those friends. Wow. Okay. And then the game arrived. Um, all right, I'm still on board. I then, I then I played it, Nate. Okay, all right, and then I played gone? it maybe a second time. Oh, okay. Um, and it's just that little spark in my heart just sort of fizzled out well, like it just fell it? in a big old well, pond why? and it just got ska- skaplooshed <laughs> because the game is garbage, Nate. It's not because of the theme. that's why. No, not the, the theme is excellent and it even has some pretty cool player mats that kind of look like little mouse pads, but they're all printed on and there's little sections where you put your dice. But the, the game. It, 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 okay, it has this really stupid mechanism This is in the it. good story, right? It, it, they are supposed to be missions that you're completing, right? <laughs> so you, you, you take, uh, I think it's like 15 different dice. Oh, some of terrible. them are crew member dice, some of them are passenger dice, and some of them are enemy dice. This you roll terrible. all of them, and then you assign all the dice, and then you have this re-roll and activate powers section where you can choose to re-roll some of the dice to try to make them a little bit better. Based on what knowledge? And then, and then some of those dice... <laughs> Their, their effects, as they're rolled, will let you maybe re-roll a different die. So you do all this, and then you flip over the card from the mission deck that requires a certain combination of dice to complete it. It's insane. How is it a mission if I just do random stuff, and then I flip over the objective to see if I accidentally qualified for it's it? It's absolutely what insane. What garbage. So I looked this up. That is not a game, by no, the way. I, I looked this up, and the designer of the game, he yeah. didn't intend for it to be that way. The publisher switched it on him and made the yeah. objectives be flipped after it's like why? why would you do that i really want an i explanation. want to talk to the executive and like decide publishers that. just have this thing for fire the firefly ip where they're like oh wow this looks good let's you screw it over as, it. as much as we possibly can <laughs> <So sad. laughs> <sighs> i'm worked up now man yeah no, I, I don't to, blame you go take a break I, I and it makes you so angry that it has the firefly theme too Right, it's like it's just further you disrespect. Took a good theme, and you just ruined it. You yeah. just raked it through the mud. And I didn't really even want to sell it, just because it, it looks cool. Like the box cover is sort of a an artistic rendition of all the people from Firefly just sitting at a table. Jane's even got his little orange beanie, yeah, of and hat with the dangly things. Yeah. And, yeah so number two and games i'm least thankful for i feel like our number ones might be the same is this the one you think is crossover i think it is i'll let you go first though what you got man chronicles of crime no oh oh this was a this is a game you're least thankful for i'm wondering what you think our other one is all right well we'll i'm surprised that what i was thinking of isn't on our list this is interesting okay so chronicles of crime i'll say two things two two big things about it that i didn't that were huge letdowns okay the first of all was the the theme of the first mission is unbelievably dark and mm. grotesque and disturbing. It's about harvesting it. okay, this is a game where you're like solving crimes or whatever, da 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 da, you know, kind of like maybe a little sherlocky, whatever. The first like three part mission is literally about this like crime syndicate, this black market syndicate, whatever that is harvesting children's organs from mm. an orphanage. That's what it's about. And, like, I thought this was marketed as, like, kind of a family, like, hey, huddle around, solve a crime kind of a game. It's like, hey, little Billy got dragged into the dungeon of the orphanage, and they they took his organs out and sold them on the black market. Whoop-de-doo. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? This is not enjoyable. But that's just personal preference, right? Sure. You know, I, I didn't like the dark, really dark theme. And then there's other missions. There's lots of expansions that I would mm-hmm. assume aren't as dark. Um, hopefully. Well, I wouldn't know, because I never played any other ones. But... I did do the first three missions. You completed the storyline for that first one. The game also, the the way, so it's like special because it's like, it's heavily integrated with the app where you scan yeah. whenever you want to talk to somebody or ask a question or go to a place, you scan it on your phone using the app mm-hmm. and it'll, gi- it'll give you some information on there. That's how you communicate with people. Mm-hmm. Everything goes through that. That was a complete disconnect from the really? thing for me. 100%. I think some people, mm-hmm. they really like the integration. Other people probably feel the same way as me. Where it's like I feel like I'm just on my phone half the time, just reading text, and it's like what? It's just it's a complete disconnect from a board game experience for me, and I did not enjoy that at all. It's like I'm always just hovering my phone over stuff, trying to scan QR codes, and then reading text. Sure. And then like, all right, well, what do we want to scan next? You know, one hundred percent did not work for me. I I kind of get that. I didn't really think of it in that light. The concept of it using the phone app so much, detracting from the board game experience. Thinking back on it, I, I do feel a little bit that way. But overall, I still appreciated how that functioned. I like being able to... Let's say I'm in investigating and talking to a certain suspect. If I want to ask them about other things you may have come... You just like scan came them. across, I just scan the thing yeah. I want to ask them about, and then the game has all these pre-programmed And it's a unique responses. concept, for sure. And it's very interactive. Sure. It the, did not work for me, though, didn't, at all. What about all. The, the 3D crime scenes? Those were... It's pretty cool, right? They were pretty cool. They were pretty cool. So, there's this game called Clue DVD. Came out in like 06. Sounds like garbage. Back when every board game had a DVD version. Uh, It's actually incredible. If anybody, if you like Clue, you need to see if you can find a copy of this version of the game called Clue DVD. I'm good, man. It's like way better than the original Clue. It's like integrated with like, uh, it has things like this. The reason I'm bringing this up is because you mentioned the 3D crime scenes, Mm -hmm. which is basically. It puts you in a room ru- and on the at the crime scene, and you use your phone to like look around and pick up clues, whatever. Sure, it has this has this uh clue DVD has a very similar thing where you like go to a uh some place at the mansion and you have to in, like it has to do a couple questions after you like analyze it, whatever. So, uh, hmm. I did think that was a cool thing, I liked it. That was probably my favorite part of the game, actually. In, in okay, uh, Chronicles of Crime, so it spoke to you for a microsecond. Yeah, I was like, and it was another thing. It was like there were multiple things that were cool and unique and innovative, but ultimately, like the game didn't feel. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's not really a board game actually. It, it's an activity. It does have a board. Yeah, I mean with, it with does, but it's like it's more of it's more of it. just like a group activity, which is fine for what it is. Sure, uh, but that's yeah. that's actually one thing I appreciate about the game is that you can play it with more than just four people. You more than five. Sure, for sure it, yeah, it's kind of no... hard because. Like only one person has the phone at a time, right, but yeah. you can still kind of pull it out as in a group yeah. event. I think it worked well at two or three, probably. So now, now I'm interested because you think your number one is a crossover, which means it's a game I own or owned. And I'm you... surprised you can't guess what this is, man. Oh, you forgot? Well, Did actually? You? No, I didn't. Th- I didn't forget about. Okay, it. go ahead. I'll, I'll 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 speak my piece in a second. Era of Kingdoms. Yeah. We've referenced this mockingly. Uh, probably at least a couple of times so far in the podcast. And many times on our YouTube channel, Waybrothers. (laughs) Yes. We gave a not very sparkling review for the game. Michael Erisman, if you're listening to this podcast, I know it's hard to be a board game designer, and I respect you, and so I'm sorry that I don't like your game. (laughs) Please take this with a grain of salt. (laughs) But Air of Kingdoms, man, remember, I told you that my my basis here is not on the quality of the game necessarily, but on how disappointed I was. And this was our... I believe both of our first and only Kickstarter that we yep. funded for a game. Yep. It was early on to our board game funding. Before your own scythe even maybe? I guess. Yeah, it was before that. It was weird. It was so like we, it was like in this weird middle point. It was before, before we were in college, the hobby at all. Yeah. Which is probably why we made such a bad mistake. <laughs> and I think it was it was probably my fault because I I found this somehow it must have been on I, Facebook so or random, something huh? and it was described as like a combination of Catan and Dominion. Which at the time I was like I love Catan. And ultimately, I love Dominion. Like almost nothing it's like n- either none of, of either of those <laughs> <laughs> things. Anyway. But we we invested into it, supported the game. Um, we we did the tier where you can name one of the cards, yeah. and so we have one the Way, the, the Way cards. Brothers trade goods is still yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, even though I got rid of the game, I kept that card just because I want to keep it. <laughs> did you sell the game and keep the card? Um, I think I literally scrapped it for board game pieces. I don't know that. That's fair. Yeah. What? What? Even though there's part? not many pieces, uh, there's no. boards. Yeah, I can print over the boards or something. But anyway, we're we're excited about this game. Like this is going to be so cool, and we. Spent, like, over a year just waiting for it to be fulfilled and finally got it and played it. And then that same spark just, like, slowly sank. It's- Here's why I didn't make my list. I think it sank a lot faster for you than it did for me. Ah, I probably played okay. this game 15 times before I realized, eh, it's not that good, actually. Mm-hmm. But I played it. Like, my family, Like when we got this game, when I got this game, like, we were playing it, like, a few times a day for, like, a week really? straight. Yeah. Now, do you think that was influenced not so much by the fun of the game but because you well, like you were invested in the game, you supported it and partially I might have been blinded by that, but also you have to think like like we said this is before we were in the hobby. This is before you had bought Scythe and we like hmm. actually got into the hobby. So okay, really true. before this our actual hobby board game experience was like Catan, Dominion and I don't know what else. Acro Tear, maybe. Yeah. It's like that was it. You know, uh, Uh, Legends of Andor, maybe. So, like, we had almost no bar. We had almost no, we didn't, our expectations were not being determined by actual relevant experience in the board game hobby Mm -hmm. world. And so, in retrospect, it's like now if I, if I, if I, if this game came out in 2022 and I funded it and got it, I would be instantly be disappointed after one play because I've played so many other games now. Better reference. Literally, uh, maybe even hundreds, multiply um multiply not a word by, by the way <laughs> multiply uh, but but back then dude we were still novices like we didn't know nothing yeah about the board game world really that's how they get you man they're like checking our kickstarter <laughs> they're seeking it's out gonna the noobs. be so cool yeah. um, you've heard of Catan, haven't you well this is like that but better <laughs> so much better uh and so i feel like that's why uh and it wasn't it's not a terrible game it's just like it's not super strategic, and it, it got mm-hmm. it, it's under this guise of being strategic, and you think it is until you play it a few yeah. times, and you're like, you know, it's actually really not that Well, it's, it's really shallow. My thing, I always go there's on for one, it. There's only one track. Well, there's strategy. one track. It, it, the game has resources, right? There's four different resources. It's like they're all op- the same. population, <laughs> food, wood, and maybe ore or yeah. something. The thing is, if you're going to have different resources in a game, they have to function a little differently. They have to have a, a balancing system. Right, Like mm-hmm. in a Catan, for example, um, wood is most common for starting off your civilization. You're going to use that to expand with roads. You're going to use that also for getting your settlements to get more resources. But then ore is like the advancement resource. So that's how you get development cards. It's the only way you can build cities. So there's, there's kind of this hierarchy or at least just different uses for the resources. In Arab kingdoms, there is absolutely no function it's just nope there's there's indiscriminately the same yeah there's basic cards that require one of one of those four resources and then there's like advanced cards that require two of that same specific resource yeah and like four different. and then the most advanced is, is just so it's it's sad but i feel like the game itself i still enjoyed it quite a bit and i enjoyed it enough a that it didn't make this list and i didn't forget about it i did think about it oh okay um and B, that I'm actually I'm keeping my copy. I'm not taking it with really? me when I, when I move in the future. I'll probably keep it in a tub. Like I'm going to keep a tub of like knickknacks, keepsakes, whatever, at my Wait parents' Way at the house. bottom of your basement, like in the corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like I will pull this game out again maybe 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road when I have kids. That's a commitment right there, man. It is. Like I said, it's in a box in a basement, and it will be for a long time. But it is kind of special still because it's the first game we ever – the mm. only game we've kickstarted. We do have a little piece of it to ourselves that we, you know, helped yeah. create, and it's not an atrociously bad game. It's I still find it enjoyable, even though I recognize the fact that there is a one-track strategy, and it's not that it's really not designed very well. Yeah, I think it's enjoyable enough, and I would I would be okay teaching it to my kids in the future at a, at a young age. You know, once they get to like you know. Once above the age of 2, they they'll probably recognize, you know, that it's a terrible game. <laughs> but, oh my gosh. you know, there's what a window this there. This game today, yeah. <laughs> so, that's that's a that's a I respect the pick Yeah, though, for sure. I mean, all, all that to say for me as I as I keep providing context for, it's it's not a garbage game. It's just it was I'm the least thankful yeah. for it because I'm the most You're the disappointed most by it. Let now. Yes. It. Yeah. That reminds me in the future if we're doing a if we do end up doing a top 10 games of 2022, which we will. Which we will. I feel like, and maybe we won't end up doing this. I feel like we should do not just our top ten games, like just pulling them from our top one hundred and mm-hmm. ranking them, but actually our top ten expectations met games. Like, interesting. How was our expectation Middle for the game range. versus where did it, like actually hit? So basically, okay. the opposite of what you did for this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We can talk about it, but you know, it's a thought. I, Instead I, I, of, I thought you were going to say just top ten disappointment games. Um, I would rather do top 10 games or, or top 10 games you're most excited about. But yeah. But I feel like that's better than just saying, well, here's my top 10 games from 2022 and then I'll just pull the, them from my top 100 and mm. just they're in that order. You know, yeah. it's like, that's kind of lame, but whatever. I think that is a stellar, you it, hear it, if heard not it. mediocre idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what I never noticed, Cody? Yeah. Uh, the lake around Rifton. Yeah. What like about a, it? It looks like a blue whale. Do you think it's meant to be that? I don't know. I don't know. It's got a little Skyrim, what, what, what little else Skyrim see trivia for you. But po- point out one other interesting thing for me from the Skyrim map that's behind uh, my well, head. One other very interesting thing, Cody, is that uh, the island of Solstheim is not on there. That's because it's <laughs> far away, bro. <laughs> and it's a map of Skyrim. All right. Well, that's enough Skyrim talk for one episode. I suppose so. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this podcast of Tabletop Shop. Uh, we definitely appreciate your listen- And if you want to contact us, you can reach out to us at TabletopShop23 at gmail.com. Also, TabletopShop23 is our Instagram handle. Tabletop Shop on Facebook. You can find us all those places or on YouTube also. Uh, So if you just want to reach out to us, let us know how you feel about the podcast. If you have suggestions or uh, things you don't like or recommendations or whatever, we appreciate any and all feedback. And Nate, again, it's Thanksgiving, bro. Bro. Look me in the eyes for a sec. I just wanted to say... I am thankful for the listeners listening to this podcast. You know what, Cody? I'm thankful for those listeners. That's good. Thank you. And remember, consider researching a game before you buy it. Hey, folks. Thanks for tuning in. If you're listening to this, then you're pretty cool. And Nate and I like cool people. And so if you're listening to this, then you must be cool. So anyways, episodes release every other week. Cool. Peace.